And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11 from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing well, sometimes because he prefers to sit. Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Have you seen The Mandalorian yet? What? <laughs> Did, have you heard of Disney Plus? No. So, I've heard of Disney, okay. like Walt Disney, you know, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, you're not that old. Um, so, Disney Plus. Not hit- like Steamboat Mickey. Not, <laughs> not that old. Not, not racist Disney. We're, we're talking Disney Plus. Yeah. So Disney Plus has come out with this new, uh, basically a um, subscription service like Netflix. Netflix mm. and Disney Plus have come out. And everybody's like, why am I going to buy, buy Disney Plus? But they have this new series called The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars series based on the, the bounty hunters. So And, and it's unbelievable. Like, um, it's three episodes in, I'm hooked. All right. Are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, um, yes and no. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I'd rather Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good. But you know what? I went and watched, you know, my partner and her family are all into the Marvel movies. And, you know, they're good, but I don't watch every single one of them. So I missed like two of them. And I was like not getting why you certain to, things were happening. You have to watch all of them. And yeah. then you also have to get through all the credits to watch the little teasers at the end. Like, like I mean, I like Marvel, but there's people that like really like Marvel. Well, I knew I was in trouble when there were people that were all dressed up. That came to watch it. We watched it at the entertainment quarter. And I just thought, okay, nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> if you could, all right. I'll, I'll oh, you know what? I, I look at people that dress up and I'm just like, there's no way that that person ever had a date in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I like dressing up for Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love to dress up, yeah. but I had plenty of dates in high school. Mate, look at me. It's obvious. Well, as, he so, almost, as he almost spills his water uh, all over the, the, the sound I, I equipment. I can't believe it didn't go down. Let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback, and we are recording this on the 27th of November, Australian Eastern Standard Time, brought to you by the Global Story Network. Check out more podcasts from Global Story Network, like Surviving the Impossible, a cinematic podcast that follows the harrowing true story of Nick Yaris, a man who spent over 20 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. What could be worse than being sentenced to death for a crime you did not commit? Knowing you put yourself there all because of a lie. To check out this incredible story, head to globalstorynetwork.com or search Surviving the Impossible wherever you get your podcasts. Sitting beside my good friend, Mr. Magic, Steve Carfino. Steve, man, you're looking really, really relaxed today. I think we've got a really good pod coming up. You know why I'm, re- I'm relaxed is because you you uh, gave me the rundown you know, early, and I had I had a bit of time on my computer today, so I'm prepared. Normally, I'm, I'm just winging it, and I'm nervous. I like that. So I'm, yeah, I'm prepared today. Well, coming up, Bring on, it on. coming up on the show today, we're actually going to delve into the 2010s. Uh, we're going to talk about the best teams of the NBA from the 2010s. I think me and Steve got a couple of differing opinions on that. I mean, it's been an incredible decade. You know, we've had... You know, Ray Allen's shot. We've had the amazing Mavs win by by Dirk over the, the big three heat. We've obviously had the Warriors recently. So there's a lot to talk about there. We're going to do Who Am I a little bit later on in the show. Steve's been on a good roll. 
Um, we'll see if we can get that, keep that going. Maybe Steve's going to throw one at me as well. And we're also going to delve into a um, little bit of pop culture later on in, in the show as well. So make sure you stay tuned to the end for that. Uh, what What is pop culture? Is that like, it's not like, you know, Harry Potter or anything like that. It's not it? Harry Potter, but it's okay. it, it's stuff that you don't know much about, okay. which is good. So Because right, I'm not very cultured. It's different. So you, yeah. that, already you don't know what pop culture is. It's nothing to do with culture. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, it's going to go intellectual on me, huh? Yes. yes. Is that okay? Ups- no, you're upset because I'm like batting a thousand on the, you know. On the who am I? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. On, on Mike. On Mike, you're batting a thousand. Yes. Okay. Which wow. is when, which is when, which is when it counts. <laughs> well, hey, that's when it counts, right? I'm a clutch player, When baby. the game is on the line. Exactly. Um, before we get into, uh, you know, the 2010s, uh, I just want to talk about, obviously, a guy that's kind of been in the news a bit recently. We talked about it off mic, but man, Luka Doncic, man. Oh, man. He is, let me, it's weird. I, and I said to it, I said to you, I said to you yesterday, He's 20 years old, but he pay, plays like a 30-year-old. He's so good. That may be the most accurate thing you've ever said on this show. And I'm not having a go at you. I just loved how you summed that up. Because it's so true. He plays like a savvy veteran. And he's and it's not because he's not athletic. You know, he, he doesn't have athleticism that wows you. You know, it's he can dunk. You know, he's not slow, but mm. he's not super quick. He's just so efficient. His footwork is amazing. His footwork and the way he plays a game, you know, just oozes of experience, you know, and maybe may, rightly so. I think that he was just one of those freak kids that just got it. You know, sometimes when you see a kid play any sport, you just like oh, go to a little soccer game and the little kid just has it. He understands spacing. He understands yep. the play before, you know, three plays before it happens. You know, you see that kid. So I'm sure he was that. And then he probably has freaky determination you know so he's probably trained harder than any other kid he's probably got freaky depth perception he's probably got everything that it takes to be able to be a good player and then he's got that you know that will to win you know that you can't teach he was just born with that so he's probably had a lot of things just lined up perfectly and um he hasn't had injuries as well i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this he is the big statement i can feel it coming best ever white boy 20 year old (laughs) that's played in the nba Wow. Okay, you, you saw that stat. More points than Kobe at this point in his career. More rebounds than Kevin Garnett. More assists than LeBron James. Name a, name me a better player that was as good as him at 20 years old. LeBron James. I think Luke is better at that, at that age. Well, I think that he has had more experience than LeBron James. LeBron James came straight from high school. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm not saying that's a ridiculous statement. I'm just saying that LeBron James, his athleticism, you know, his – ability to facilitate i mean he was he's i mean let's he grew, just say he, he, he grew was, into that though he was that slasher he was that 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 three slash he was like carmelo him and carmelo had a very similar game when they came into the nba that you know that slashing style obviously you know could, could assist as good assist with the assists as well but different game to luca at this stage in their careers at I, 20 i think he's more polished than they were when they were the same age mm-hmm. you know those guys were were great I mean, they were great at a young age for different reasons. You know, LeBron James, as I've said a numerous, I've said numerous times, like his body is built in the lab. He's 35 years old and he's still super athletic. You know, he doesn't look like a guy that's aging. You he know, looks so like me on my Instagram. He, <laughs> I thought you were going to say in your dreams. <laughs> um, but but Luca, he was dominating the Euro League. You know, as a teenager, crazy. 
I mean, he was just, you know, when guys were just lucky to make a team, he was MVP of the EuroLeague, which is just crazy. So I think that his game is more polished at a young age of 20 years old. When do you, I don't know how much you've seen of him live. I watched, I mean, the Mavs for me are the must-see team at the moment because, you know, Paul Zingas and Luca are just amazing to watch together. But like you said before, yes, he's not the most athletic, but obviously he has athleticism. Um, he's not the quickest, got great vision, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously you've, you know, you played the game at the highest level. Is it the way he uses his body? Because it's, he seems to be able to get into the paint really easily. And then guys just can't get to him in time. Well, he's got weapons. He can handle the ball. Yep. He's a great passer. He's a great shooter. He's got great footwork. And he's just got an understanding of the game, you know. So he's not the quickest guy, but he understands the the angles of the floor. He knows where his help is. He knows where everybody is or is supposed to be or is going to be. You know, it's like he's three plays ahead, like the great ones. You know, Magic Johnson running down the floor, he hit you in the head with a ball. You didn't even know you were open, but he knew you were going to be open if you were looking in the right direction. Um, he's, he's that type of player. He's one of those once-in-a-decade type players and we're getting to watch somebody who's really special like he is he is phenomenal he is he is phenomenal and I don't know you know like Magic Johnson when he came into the league everybody used to marvel at how much fun he was having he is having just as much fun he is yeah Yeah. he's got that smile that you know that really youthful smile and yeah it's just amazing to watch him play a really funny story is that uh so the guys that drafted ahead of so obviously he got drafted by the Hawks and then the trade happened with Trey Young Listen, Trey Young's going to be a really, really good player. So I'm not going to say that was a bad trade by the Hawks. It was a bad trade. I don't think it's a bad trade. That's not a bad no, trade. It bad. wasn't a, like what, like a sheep. Bad, bad. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the best trade because Trey Young is still balling. But yeah. let's look at the let's look at the team before the Hawks. So uh, the Kings they picked Marvin Bagley the third, and Vlade Divac said he didn't pick Luka Doncic because he didn't like his dad. Okay, now that's now it's a bad pick. That's stupid. Yeah, that's just dumb. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I see where you're going with this. Like, it's not a bad pick. The trail, the Portland Trailblazers didn't pick Michael Jordan because Sam Bowie. Yeah, well, they went with Sam Bowie, but they had Clyde Drexler, who they felt was a similar type player. Like, he's a Hall of Fame player that was a small forward. Mm. So, you know, back then they didn't draft the best player. They would draft the position that they needed. So after they passed on Michael Jordan, it was, it changed the way the NBA went after draft picks. No longer did anybody pass up on what they perceived to be the best player. They go for the best player and then trade to what they needed. Yeah, exactly right. I think Atlanta might regret it uh, as the years go by, but uh, another funny story I saw yesterday, which is really kind of weird. And I saw Stephen A absolutely lose his mind over the fact that Joel Embiid went zero for 11, scored zero points. This is okay. So Philadelphia, they're supposed to be a powerhouse in the East, right? And they've been up, they've been good and bad. I mean, they haven't been, blow, they haven't been blowing me away this season, but they're playing the team that beat them in the Eastern conference finals last year when Kawhi hit that ridiculous shot and you go zero points and Serge Ibaka wasn't even playing. Like, Hello, that's not good enough. No. I mean, I was listening to it this morning, mm. and, you know, Max was saying that that'll never happen it again. It won't happen again. It'll never happen again. You know, and a game like that just sneaks up out on you out of nowhere. You know, it, it humbles you. He'll come out and he'll be a monster the next game. Have you ever had that happen? Zero points? Never. But 
<laughs> I mean, I have felt vulnerable. I have felt like I couldn't get anything going. I felt like my legs were dead. I felt like I was carrying an injury. You know, I've, a lot of things, you know, that I think I had maybe four points in a game or six points in a game. Mm. Um, but not as a professional if I had zero points. Yeah, that's, I mean, Max is exactly right. He's, you know, it's never going to happen again. But it shouldn't have happened. I mean, he he, sh he should have been making a statement that game. So I'm not going to get carried away with it. But it's it's still a bit shit. It's a bit. You know, he he should have stepped up against the Raptors. It, it's horrible. I mean, and I think that you know maybe this is the thing that gets him into shape. I mean, he has never been in peak fitness. He's so talented. He's 80%, been able. He's maybe. been able. If you're if you're lucky, eighty percent. You know, he's carrying like a tire around his waist. He runs out of steam late in the game. You know, this is a guy that could be the best player in the NBA if he had. Well, Absolutely. Well, we're not going to say if he had the determination of Kobe Bryant. No one has a determination of Kobe Bryant to be the best. But, you know, if he had a reasonable amount of, of professionalism and if he had some people that would tell him the truth in his corner, he would be an MVP candidate every single year. He's that good. And he's letting his team down. And maybe it's a zero-point game in 32 minutes, did he play? Yeah. Zero points in 32 minutes. Brother was just running around doing nothing out there for 32 minutes. He was doing a KCP. <laughs> that's, it. that's exactly what he was doing. Um, very quickly, I'm just, and all I'm going to say is that I told you so. Oh, here we go. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Carmelo Anthony. What, you, he, what you, he had a dunk? You yeah. said he wouldn't get 10 points. I said he's going to average 15. He scored 25 yesterday. The guy is killing it. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Have you seen him play? Man, the guy's balling. He's dunking yeah. threes. He's man, he's looking like the old Carmelo. It's fantastic. Yeah. He actually, I didn't think he could make a difference to the Blazers. He could make a difference to the Blazers. Okay. And then keep your shorts on. All right. It's early in the season. Um, but I'm happy for him. Okay. You know, I... I love an underdog story. You know, I, I think that he has not shown so far until he's played with the Trailblazers that he's willing to stay within a role. Mm -hmm. um, and let's see what happens if he doesn't get the ball and if he can be a good teammate, you know, when everything's not going well for him. I, it's you know, it's a, yeah, he's a superstar and he's a diva, you know, and let's hope that, you know, he, he has the misfortune of not being picked up by teams has humbled him enough to stay within that structure. But right now, yes, you did tell me so, and, I, and I'm happy for not only Carmelo, but I'm happy for you too. Oh, thanks, yeah. mate. I really appreciate that. Yeah, the sun shines on a dog's ass every you, now and you then. You condescending bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, well, listen, let's get into uh, what, what's probably been the most fun decade uh, of basketball to watch, you know, from 20... 2010 till now, there's been, like I said, a lot of moments, uh, a lot of great moments in the last 10 years. But let's specifically look at, uh, I'm going to ask you first for your your top five teams. Um, if we agree on, if, um, if we agree on them, you know, we can talk about them. But yeah, your top five teams from 2010 to last year, which is obviously um, when the Raptors won. Okay. I, I got a question first. Is that Boston team, was that 09, 10? Boston, they won 08, 09, uh, sorry, 07, 08, and then Lakers went back-to-back -back 08, 09, and 9 and 10. Okay. So, yeah. 
Let's just say that the because I, I, I mean, you like that I, Boston team. I like that Boston team. Can I just throw, okay? Okay, the, let's talk about that Boston team because I, you know I just I just feel like there were just certain teams that I wanted to talk about. The Celtics, I wanted to talk about. Sure. I wanted to talk about the Spurs, and I wanted to talk about the Heat because okay. I thought that the Spurs Heat series was the best series I've ever seen. It was the best basketball by uh, the by the Spurs. The, by, the one when the Spurs won, or when the Spurs got basic when Ray Allen pulled it out of his ass. I thought both of those series were the, like some of the best basketball I had ever seen. I completely agree. Yeah. That was that was like you can't take your your eyes off the screen for for one second. Yeah, that was, I, yeah. It was incredible. It was incredible, and I thought that Spurs team. I think it was 2014. 2014. Yep. Yep. 2013. 14. No, I thought when no, I 14 15 they won. I thought that laid the pavement for the Golden State Warriors and the way that they played, the way they moved the basketball, the way they got it to the open man. They had all those great shooters and I thought that wow, okay, this is how you exploit a team with five weapons out on the floor. That was, you know what, that that uh so that was 2014 15. This is the and you got to think about it. So but let's let's be totally honest. The Spurs should have won the year before. Yeah. Ray Allen hit probably the greatest shot in NBA Finals history. Mm-hmm. You know, to bail them out. I mean, they had the ticket tape going around um, already. You know, basically people had left the stadium. Ray Allen pulls it out, and then the Heat win in seven games. But that fourteen fifteen, the Spurs not only did they make it back to the finals, they took it to another level, and they ran that Heat team, which had LeBron James. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, they ran him off the court. Like the, it, that was that extra pass. And then bang, Danny Green's open for a three. Bang, Patty Mills is open for a three. Boris Diaz open for a three. And they destroyed them. I think they won by it was uh, they won by an average of 15 games in an NBA finals, which is the highest ever uh, in NBA history. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, that, that was the best basketball I've ever seen. I remember uh, watching the game. In Van, Better than the Warriors. Van, Van Gundy. Oh, maybe it was just such beautiful, beautiful basketball. It was. You know, it was the Warriors, they make spectacular shots. You know, Steph Curry was just, he would have games where it was like a season on SportsCenter, the best of Steph Curry, and it would be one game. I mean, that's how amazing he was and that team was in, in, that, in that year. I think it was 2015 before yep. they got 15, Kevin Durant. 15, 16 was their first, sorry, four, 14, 15, no, 15, 16 was their first championship. Yep. Yeah. Okay, but I I'm, I got very sidetracked as I tend to do when I'm chatting to you. That's all good. But um, I like that Boston team, but they weren't in the decade. But okay, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that next anyway. week. Okay, the Cavs in uh, 2016. Yep, that comeback. Yeah, you know Kyrie Irving, the defense that had to be played. It was a great series. Um, that was incredible. Um, the Heat. And can I can I say something quickly about that? What? I don't rate that team. You don't rate the Cavs. No. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Warriors won 73 games that year, yeah. right? They're up 3-1 in the series. And then the NBA, this is just my opinion, guys. You know what? We don't want this game. We don't want this series to be over in five games. So we're going to suspend Draymond Green for nothing. It was ridiculous. He should never, ever, ever have got suspended. If he doesn't get suspended, they win in five games, period. Andrew Bogut obviously gets injured, which made a big difference in the series. Yes, I'm being a bit harsh. It was a great Cavs team. But I don't have it in my top five teams of that decade. You really think there's a conspiracy here? You got a conspiracy theory going. Now you said that um, <laughs> you, you said that San Antonio should have won if Ray Allen didn't hit that shot. That's a big F. Ray Allen is no, no, never going to miss a clutch 
shot with a game on the line. I'm not saying that, no, I'm just saying the Spurs should have won. I'm not saying that's a conspiracy, but I think that that when the Warriors listen, they shouldn't have blown a three one lead, but I just don't think that Cavs team I just don't see it as being a great I think it's a great series win. I don't see it as being a great team. Um I, I well they're fifth on my list. Okay. Okay. Fair I enough. I was going like that. Okay. All right. Um let me go. I said the Heat in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Good. You know? it all clicked. Oh yeah. Great team. Great to watch. Yeah. Entertaining. Yeah. God, fun to watch. And they had um, they had really good role players. They had the, you know, those Shane Battiers, you know, the yeah. guys that you need, man. The Mario Chalmers, that you know, they had the Birdman, that they had the guys that would just I mean, Udonis Haslam. Let's that that guy, man, had, he played in the league for like thirty years. But he knew his role towards the end of his career, and you know it just clicked. You had the big three that took up the big minutes, and then you had those little pieces that you could just fit in. Yeah, and they fit perfectly, and I think that that that's why that Spurs Heat series was so good because they had tremendous role players out there that just man, Boris Diaw, you know, the the power point, you know, he was like the four man that was making great passes. He averaged like seven assists. He was fantastic. That's why I love those series and. And those teams that were in it, and those, but my top team of the decade, Golden State Warriors, and it was in. And I know you like the team with uh, Kevin Durant, and God, so do I. So does everyone. <laughs> yeah. But the reason the 2015, 2014, 2015 season was so special for me was because it was the epitome of star players blending with role players, role players that stayed on a winning program a la Sean Livingston, because of how much fun it was to play with a winner and play with guys that played for each other. That was such a pleasure to watch. And I know that one of my favorite teams is the Spurs, and I may have said that that was my favorite team. Mm. But right up there with Golden State, beautiful basketball. I I was talking about Jeff Van Gundy during one of those series with the Spurs when they were winning. I remember the balls just whipped around. He said, you know, this is beautiful basketball. They should have that whole possession. On Sports Center as a highlight. I remember that. And then I remember that it got whipped around a couple of times. They had a couple of possessions like that. He said the last three minutes should be on Sports Center as a highlight. And then at the end of the quarter, he was like, the whole quarter should have been on Sports Center as a highlight. It was such beautiful basketball, and to get acknowledged by, you know, such a great basketball mind of Jeff Van Gundy. I love his commentary. Was just. Beautiful. It was like we were all watching the same poetry in motion. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more in terms of that being beautiful basketball to watch. I think uh, if we're talking about if we're talking about the best teams, I think the 17-18 Warriors beat the 15-16 Warriors um, just because you had that Kevin Durant. But basically what – so this is – correct me if I'm wrong. This is what you're saying. The Spurs of 2014-15 – were basically the model for the Warriors 2015-16, but the Warriors just had a little bit more firepower. So instead of Danny Green and Paddy Mills hitting those shots, it was Clay Thompson and Steph Curry hitting those shots. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of took it to the next level. Andrew Bogut was on that team. Andre Iguodala won um, uh, Finals MVP that year as well. So you know that was that was a big thing. I was, I mean, I still think Curry should have won it, but you know, kudos to him for winning that. But I got the 17-18 Warriors on top. My second best team that you alluded to was the Spurs 14-15, the beautiful basketball. My third best team is the 2010 Lakers. With Powell and uh, Kobe. With Kobe. World Peace. 
Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. Yeah. So that yeah. was uh, our test. I can't. What a weird name to go to, man. Uh, what just, a weird guy. You know, he's actually friends. I saw he's friend. He's friends with the guy that threw the beer at him at the Malice in the Palace. He's he's actually friends with him. Wow. So he said, in a, I don't know. He he was on a podcast last week saying. Yeah, I caught up. Uh, I caught up his house. I got the number from somebody, and his wife answered the phone. She couldn't believe it was me. And then the guy picks up. He's like, "Hey, Ron." And he's like, and he goes, "And this is why I love the guy." So basically, it was a fifty. The guy got bet fifty dollars by his friend that he wouldn't throw the beer at Ron Artest. That's why he did it, and that's what kicked off the whole thing. And Ron's going, "Listen, it ended up costing me tens of millions of dollars during the peak of my career, but you know." Such is life. So the guy's just got an amazing outlook on life now. He's put it all behind him. He's got his number and yeah, supposedly they're friends. He's a weird dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a weird dude. Yeah. So so the Lake so the basically the Lakers that year, that was the year when they beat the Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. Oh yeah. So wow. That's that, a good one. And do you remember I don't that know. Have Nash in it? That had Nash there. Oh, Ron Artest got that put back just in the last second to beat them. It was just a the series could have gone either way. And then in the finals, they they ran over the uh they they beat so they beat the Celtics in the finals in seven games. So yeah, they got over the, the that really good Phoenix team, and it's really it's a really real disappointment for me that that Nash led team didn't win a championship. But then they beat the Celtics in seven games in uh, in that year as well. Remember that it was that super low scoring game, game seven. It wasn't the great greatest basketball, but it was a good game. Yeah, it's great when the when they're challenged all the way. You know, like seven games to get to the final. You know, then the Western Conference final. All the way. Great players. Steve Nash, was he the best player? Was he the MVP of the... Not that year, no. Not that year. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that's that was a great team. I mean, every team that we're talking about is a great team. Yes, I mean, we, we've been really spoiled by, I think, the last 10 years of basketball. I think this is really almost the golden era of basketball at the moment. It's probably transitioned a lot Obviously, you know, Steph Curry's changed the game with the three ball. Um, I think you're right. That 2014-15 Spurs basketball was, was literally perfect basketball between the old and the new. I think that, and we were just talking about that just before you got here, the the influx of the international game has changed the game. And I think that San Antonio, no coincidence, was a team that embraced it first. You know, it was Popovich who was – helping out with the world championships and the Olympic games for team USA. And he embraced the international game before anybody else did in the NBA to, with success, you know, so his team was the first one that had more international players than American born players. So he was the real pioneer on changing the game in the NBA. You know, before that they're still pounding the ball into the paint. You know, once he adapted the international game, the, the big man was setting screens and flashing through the middle and being a good passer and, keeping the floor spaced and hitting your spot-up shooters like Patty Mills and Danny Green. I mean, look at the team. I mean, Tim Duncan is not American. Tony Parker, not American. Minoji uh, Ginobili, not American. Patty Mills, not American. Thiago Splitter, not American. Boris Diaw, not American. It was basically the international team that beat the big three. So it was like, okay, this is what the NBA has been for so long. This is how it's going to go moving forward, and now it's now it's great because we the NBA has really transformed in the last five years to be this blend of international basketball with American style basketball, and it's 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 gone to another level. And 
it's great timing because the NBA was boring. You know, you pound it in there, you foul them, go the foul line, a lot of stop start, um, clogged up to the middle, no one could drive. Um, yeah, but now that they've got all these European seven foot centers that can stick the three point shot and spread the defense out, now the middle is open for drives. Guys are making spectacular moves. And we're starting to see all the athleticism that we're missing in the 90s. You know, they're, they're great. Only the great ones got through and got a dunk in the 90s. You yeah. know, the, the amount of great plays and, you know, all the basketball purists and my friends who are all pain in the butts will be like, oh, yeah, there's no defense being played until the playoffs. I'm like, that's a load of crap. You know, like there's defense being played. It's just that guys are so skilled. All five guys are skilled on the all floor. Right. Stop. See, I know because uh, yeah, we went through this two two episodes ago. I know. We, I won the argument. You're one of my basketball. We had friends. a poll. I won ninety. I think ninety five to five percent. There's 5%. no poll. Yeah. You're like Kramer. You just make <laughs> stats up. <laughs> Did you know that ninety one percent of stats are made up? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. What one? Okay. So, so basically, I've got. Um, I had that also. I also had that Heat in there that beat the Thunder in, in twenty thirteen with the big three. The last team I want to mention, and this is just because it's an unbelievable. Oh, let me. The Thunder. I forget that they had James Harden. That yeah yeah and James they, Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook, and, and Serge Ibaka. <laughs> oh my man, they were loaded. They were loaded, and they were playing in Oklahoma City. Oh my, that's where elephants go to die. There's I've, nothing to do in Oklahoma City. I've never, I've never been. Have you been? Oh, you know, it's flat, it's windy, it's dusty. I think the only thing that they do in Oklahoma is grow bad weed. <laughs> Oklahoma dirt. Get weed. off the weed. <laughs> Oklahoma dirt weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. It's not as good as that Alabama yeah. Kush. You know the worst thing. The worst thing about living in Oklahoma would be living in Oklahoma and you're rich. Like you got to stay there because you're rich. That's where you make all your money. Yeah, but you could be the king of Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so being the king it's of like o- being in prison, being in a prison with no walls. You got to stay there because you're rich. I can just you're not going to walk away from being rich. Our listenership in Oklahoma is just falling off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> falling off a cliff right now. Um, all right. So very quickly, the last team I want to talk about. Um, is the 2011 Mavs because that was the year that everyone thought the Miami Heat were just going to steamroll them in the playoffs. And Dirk Nowitzki, you know, let's be honest, I think single-handed, almost single-handedly beat LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. I mean, the guys he had help with were, you know, really aging, um, aging guys like Sean Marion, Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, Jason Terry hit some really big shots in that final series, but it was all Dirk. And that was uh, the guy that was a guy that said, listen, I've been playing for one damn team my whole life. This is probably my last chance to get to the NBA finals. I'm going to win. And he wheeled them to victory. And that is probably the big um, knock on LeBron's career is probably him in that series. Yeah. He wasn't LeBron James yet. I mean, he was a great player, but he wasn't, LeBron James. Yep. You know, he was he went missing. You know, when they needed him in that series. He he didn't even it looked like he didn't even want the ball. Hmm. Especially towards the end. He just as soon as he got it, he just dished it out. Yeah. Yeah, that was That's that not- was disappointing. But you know, that was a long time ago. And LeBron James is who he is now. You know, like 
he is the fierce competitor, you know, and he gets compared to Michael Jordan, you know, by some, mm -hmm. you know, because he's turned into one of one of the most ferocious de de um, players that have played the game. But he's he's no Michael Jordan uh, competitively. Uh, Michael Jordan was compet. He'd rip your heart out when he was in high school. You know, he came into the league, you know, with the heart of a lion. You know, and in LeBron James Did and you go other up players. MJ in college. Uh, played against him in the National Sports Festival in Syracuse, New York. Okay. Yeah, he was playing for the South. I was playing for the Midwest. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know I was on my team? Doc Rivers. Really? Derek Harper, Sam Vincent, uh, Brad Sellers. Yeah, there are a few. Um, uh, uh, what was his name? Something. How, how was Doc? Something Peterson. How was Doc? Played with the Rockets. Um, how was Doc? Hmm. Yeah. yeah Rusty boys back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> so his whole life he's just had no yeah, voice i know he's hoarse That's, jamie fox does a great impression of doc rivers jamie fox has good impersonations period man. i that, know he's that, great that guy's pretty funny yeah. that guy's pretty funny that's our 2010 uh 2010 to, to 2019 rap i think it's it's a good rap um so basically we also are going to be doing a a a position each week. So we got, I want to talk about the top three point guards. Oh, yeah. The top three point guards of all time. Uh. So I know you know the position. You played the position. And, we, you know, you can go as far back as you want. Just, you, you know, you can go. I can uh, go uh, like the Bob Cousy. You can go Bob Cousy he if you want. couldn't even dribble with his left hand. Yeah. Yeah. So give me your top three ever point guards. I'm going to go three, two, one. Three, two, one. All right. Steve Nash. Wow. Number three. Okay. Now, let me tell you why. One of only 11 players in NBA history to go back-to-back -back MVPs yep. of the league. Yep. His career three-point shooting percentage is 42.78. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and some of those were tough threes with people on him. Free throw percentage, career, 90 a career 90% free throw shooter. That's insane. Okay, here's the most impressive one. He's a member of the 40, 50, 90 club. So 40, above 40% from the three-point line, above 50% in field goals, and above 90% in free throws. Now, there's only eight players in NBA history that have done it. Only seven of them. Seven of them have done, done it only once. Only Larry Bird's done it multiple times. Wow. Steve Nash has done it four times. <laughs> four times. And it, he just missed out on like a half a percentage of doing it in the fifth season. Damn. That's incredible. That's incredible. And he's my third. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's your second. Oscar Robinson. The big O. The big O. Now, people just remember him for having, you know, that season where he averaged a triple-double. But he was MVP of the league twice. He's a 12-time All-Star. 1960-61 um, Rookie of the Year. Okay, you know, that's not, you know, it's not too imp that impressive. But his career, he averaged 25.7 points a game. Career. 7.5 rebounds a game. Career. Career. And 9.5 assists. Career. He almost averaged a triple double for his entire career. That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Especially, especially back then when they don't get as many possessions as they do now. Yeah. Like obviously Russell Westbrook averaged a couple of seasons and averaged a triple double, but the game's a lot faster. It's easy to get. It's easier to get those rebounds and assists now. He wasn't facing the athletes that you know are in the game now. It's different. I mean, he's played in 
He played in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, the early 60s. But he, you can't, he played before I was born. It doesn't matter, though, what area you're playing. You can, because you, you, you can only go up against the best in your area. Because yeah. if he played today, he would be better than he was back then because yeah. obviously yeah. – yeah. yeah. But he's my second. Okay. All-time best, you know. And uh, point guard. Number one is Magic Johnson. No surprises there. My boy Magic. Magic Johnson. Magic. Three MVPs. Three finals MVPs. 12-time All-Star. NBA champion, 80, 82, 85, 87, 88. And here's career stats, 19 and a half points per game, 7.2 rebounds a game, and 11.2 assists per game. Insane, man. While he was shooting over 50% from the field. so That's your top three. That's my top three. Well, I will say this. Our one and our three are exactly the same. Okay. Okay? So I'm not going to disagree. I don't have the big O in my top three. Yeah. I've got Steph Curry at number two. Okay. I had Steph Curry and I had to scratch him out for Steve Nash. I couldn't decide between the two. So basically, it was between him and Michael Carter Williams. (laughs) 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 Uh, I I mean, Stefan Marbury was close as well. But um, listen, I think Curry's changed the way the game has been played. He's the best shooter, in my opinion, already in history. And I think he's already at the two. I think... Listen, at the end of the day, as a pure point guard, you know, Nash is probably better. But in terms of the way he's changed the game, Steph Curry has, he's totally transformed the game. Magic for me is always going to be number one. No, no matter whatever happens, like I don't, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be beaten as the best point guard. But Curry, he's a game changer. He's a, he's a history maker. And for me, he's two. And yeah, I was, I was so, I almost had Nash at the two because People forget how good Nash was, man. Oh, man. He was like the guy to go back to back MVPs. There's not many. I think there's only five or six people ever that have gone back to back MVP. And the guy was just, you know, he was an absolute wizard. He was much faster, and you know, he wasn't the most athletic, but he was faster than people thought. That court vision, and uh, yeah, I knew about that 40, 50, uh, 50, 40, 90 club, um, which is just incredible. Oh, I was looking it up on the on on the way into the on the train today and it was my goodness um guys that have done it only i mean only eight guys have done it in that club the history of the nba that's insane i mean that's so efficient i mean mark price uh reggie miller dirk's done it kevin durant's done it steph curry's done it and brogdon has done it wow that's it larry i'm sorry larry bird he did it two times yeah (laughs) that's an exclusive club Man, I, I can't wait till we do these next. We'll do uh, so. We'll do shooting guards next week. I think obviously we know who number one is, but I think two and three is 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 going to be a good debate next week for shooting guards. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was yeah. That's a good top three. Yeah, that's a good top three. That's a good three. We're patting each other on the back oh, yeah. on that one. Oh yeah. yeah. Well gonna, done. Well done. Well done, young sir. That's I believe that you were incredible. Okay. Are you? Oh, there goes another one of those accents. Okay. Okay, sir. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your tulip? Yes, yes, yes. Is that the bark of college shirt you have on there? Established in 1908. I dare say, Steve, welcome to the club. That's good. <laughs> I could do my David Attenborough for millions of years ago. Yes, the male species. I can't remember what to say from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, every, I try to do accents, but everything turns into a Chinese accent. <laughs> 
I couldn't be doing. <laughs> That's like my brother Mitch. He just goes everything. He's going. Oh, I'm gonna do like Russian. It sounds Indian. <laughs> oh my God, what is this? Just want to say a quick thank you to the guys over at Gold's Gym in North Sydney, Jeff and the crew there. Thank you very much. You guys have been getting me in shape for these last couple of months. But for all our listeners, if you give them a call, give Jeff a call at Gold's Gym North Sydney, and your first month will be absolutely free. So. Give Jeff a call, your first month's free, and uh, just say that Evan Goldberg from Inside Slam sent you. Um, all right, you ready for your Who Am I? Okay. All right, this is uh, – I think you're going to get this already. All right, so he was born – how old are you? 57. <laughs> okay, so this guy was born in 63. <laughs> all right, he's born in 63. Born in 63. Okay. Okay. I probably played against him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he went to college. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked this guy. He went to college in Washington between eighty-one and eighty-five. The University of Washington. Yep. Yeah. Can you any guesses? University of Washington. Yeah, University of Washington. He was drafted in eighty-five, eighth overall pick. Why am I drawing a blank? Okay, played. Between 85 and 2001, played for four teams. Okay. Keep going? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got him, yeah. Okay, who you got? No, tell me who he played for. Okay. Give I'll, me just one of them. I'll give you one of them. Uh, okay. okay. I'll, I'll give you. So he played for Dallas, Indiana, Seattle, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's deadlift shrimp. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, I, f- the the first, probably, you know, the first German superstar in the league. Yeah. I mean, once I got, I stopped thinking American because, you know, like there well, weren't what, that many international players. Well, I thought it might have thrown you that the fact he was a German that still went to college. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, yeah, did, did you play against him? No. No? Never played against him. Good player. Good player. Yeah. Yeah. Probably he's. Be- oh. I met him. Did you? Yeah, play golf with him. Okay. Yeah. How'd he go? Um, hits the ball a long way. Yeah, but real nice guy though. Yeah. Really nice guy. Could yeah. probably yeah probably uh, second best German to play I would say behind Dirk. I can't think of anybody else. Mm, yeah, I don't know too many Germans. I don't really hang out with too many Germans. Come on, do it. Oh no, that's Austrian. <laughs> um, What's the difference? Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, listen. It's, uh, we we said we're going to talk a little bit about um, you know a bit of bit of fun of pop culture. I got well, I just got one question for you. Okay. Because you know I know you don't need it now because you know you you you're your fit fine self. But um, pineapple on pizza. No. No. I'll eat it. It's not like, I mean, I'll eat Vegemite too. You know, like I used to make Vegemite toast for the kids and if they didn't eat it, I would eat it. Because some people lose their minds. They're like, I can't have pineapple on pizza. What the hell? Oh, no. I'm not like that. No. So, yeah. but some people, it's like. It I w- mean, I wouldn't order it, but I would eat it if it came. Like if you guys ordered pizza, well, like I wouldn't eat it now, but. Um, what do you prefer? Australian pizza, US pizza? Mmm. Yeah. Tough. That's. That's tough. It's different. It is different. I, yeah. you, you know what? So I went to Chicago for the first time in 2017. I never had that deep dish before. Yeah. Man, that one piece is a meal in itself. Oh, yeah. It was so good. But I was like, man, I'm eating like 5,000 calories oh, in yeah. one slice of pizza. It was so thick. Yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> when they, This is what they do. They have, they have something has 10,000 calories and then they give you a half of a peach and- Cottage cheese and call it a diet plate. 
<laughs> and a bottomless soft drink. And a bottomless soft drink. Yeah. All right. There you are. All right. So you're okay with pineapple and pizza? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, it? You got another one for I'll me? Get another, I'll get another. Okay. okay. So we're talking about, I think, we'll, I don't know if we got any of that on there, but we're talking about Marvel and obviously the big thick Marvel movies. But if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Any superpower you want. And don't say invisible so you can be creeping. Like, that's weird. It's what? Okay. Creeping? <laughs> what do you mean creeping? I don't know. That's just, people say, oh, like teenagers. I've, they say, oh, I want to be invisible so I can go and check out girls. I'm like, don't. So it's, you. Really? Yeah, yeah. What kind of friends have you got? No, they're your friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. Though. I, hope, I hope Steve doesn't say that. I'd be Superman. So what's the superpower? Well, he's got them all. That's why I'd be Superman. No, no, I didn't say oh. which superhero. I said oh. what superpower was. So you can, you're saying you want to fly? Yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> I want to fly. It's all right. So you want to fly? That's I your thing. I'd sing that song too. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go? I believe I can fly. That's not bad. So shy. That's not bad. I'll take it. Lee is loving it. Our sound person. Um, I got an interesting. So I was. Well, like, what's your superpower? Teleporting. Basic, I can be at anywhere at any time. So I go to work and be like, "What? What? What superhero does that?" Nobody, but it's a <laughs> it's a superpower. Oh, okay, it's a superpower. So, All right. okay. you know, I wake up, you know, go to work, and I'm like, "Listen, I want to go to the Maldives for lunch, get a tan, and then you know, head over to Amalfi for, you know, a bit of red wine and and pizza for dinner. You know, just just in the blink of an eye, I could be at in Vegas, or I could be at." Staples Center. Do you know what I mean? That is, for me, that is a superpower. Okay. Well, if how fast can I fly? Because the way Superman was flying, he would fly around the the globe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. All right. Well, then and then he go. would also, you know, like just with his hands push the earth to where it needed to go. You kind of look like that rock guy from Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be that rubber dude. <laughs> That'd be. That's on the next episode. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we'll listen. We'll, I can't tell you why. Okay. We'll bring that. Bring that. Bring that next week, Steve. Bring the why next week. There's a song for that one too. <laughs> hey, y'all, prepare yourself for the rubber band, man. That one. This podcast is now <laughs> ceased. <laughs> okay. Um, listen, guys, we really appreciate, as always, uh, you guys listening in. And listen, for those who haven't subscribed, please make sure you do from any of your favorite podcast catches, whether it's Google Play, Apple iTunes, or Spotify. Uh, make sure you guys check us out also on Instagram, at Inside Slam. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit more posts for you, probably about three or four a week. So make sure you you check out that. We're also going to be having some highlights from this show as well. Don't forget to follow Global Story Network both on Instagram as well as Twitter, and go to globalstorynetwork.com for our our podcast and a whole bunch of other ones as well. So Steve, I will see you next week, my man. All right, see you, brother. Ciao.